Oh, good Shabbos. So first of all, I just want to say, I don't know if she's still in here, but I want to say a big thank you and Yeshar Kwok. We'll say it again to Beth Stiles, who's joining us on piano today, which is such a gift of davening. So here we are. Here we are with skin afflictions. On page 657, we are um, in the middle of Tazria. This, this Shabbos, we're reading two parshas for the price of one, Tazria Mitzora. Um, and we're at yeah, page 657. We're, we'll begin our reading today on verse 40. But um, today, we, we really, you know, last night I spoke a lot about, um, about Sara'at and about the, the person who is afflicted with Sara'at. Um, and right here, so Sara'at, it's a skin affliction that we just spent the last few chapters describing. When you immediately, when you have some sort of abscess in your skin, um, and like a, a pustule, it's really, it's, this is, <laughs> it's like for fifth grade boys, it's like a great Parsha. Um, but <laughs> it's like, so, you, you know, you go in, you get this, you have an abscess, there's a hair in it, it turns white, there's something happening. And you go immediately, do not wait. I mean, this is a lesson in like, if something is ailing you, go to the doctor immediately. Don't let it fester. So, that was just a PSA. But um, <laughs> this, so if you have, you have something, you go to the Kohen, you go to the priest, and the priest diagnoses you. With, and if, you ha- if what you have is what's called tzara'at, which is, it's, it's actually like an umbrella term for this affliction that can afflict your skin and all, all over your body. It can also afflict your house or your clothing. <laughs> so obviously it is not like one diagnosable thing. And doctors have tried to understand what this is. It's, it's not. It's just, just give up. It's a, it's, it's biblical, and we have to understand that it's biblical. And <laughs> so, okay. So you go. The the Kohen got the Kohen diagnoses you with Sarat, and what do you do? You have a few minutes to pack your bag, and you go immediately. You have to go three encampments away from your home, um, and. I was saying last night that unlike other people who have, because, okay, sorry, first of all, let me back up. So what's the issue with Sara'at? You are tame. You have, you have become either, what's either translated into English as ritually impure or spiritually unready or it's, it's, it's sometimes unclean, but it has nothing to do with dirt. It's like, it's, it's an unspiritual unreadiness um, or impurity, you are tame, and you have to leave the camp, and you can't be with community right now. And most, most tum'ah, or this impurity or unreadiness, has to do with coming in contact with death, um, or something that we Israelites perceive as connected to death, um, a body, or, um, you know, and menstruation, which was connected something that, you know, when one bleeds and it can't be staunched, then it's connected with death and you have become tamay, tamay, ah. So 
generally, when one is tamme, with any kind of connection with death, you spend a period leaving the camp, your house, your community, your family, and you go to an encampment with other people who are tamme. And you just spend time there until you are ritually ready, until you've kind of ritually come back to life, and then you re-enter the camp. But it's different for somebody who has tzara'at, because you are sent not only outside of the camp, but you're not sent to that camp with other people who have tumah. You're sent off by yourself, completely alone. And we are about to read this here. If you look at verse, verse 45. V'hatsarua asher bohanega. As for the person with a leprous infection, his clothes shall be rent. So you rip your clothing, um, which frumim, so the word isn't, karu, isn't kruim, um, but Rashi translated and says, basically what you're doing is kriya. You're rending your garment as you do when you lose <coughs> your loved one. So you, your clothing shall be rent, your head shall be left bare, and it's actually wild. You let your hair go, you don't cut it, and you just leave it wild. Um, and that was also a biblical form of mourning. And you shall cover, it literally says cover your mustache, but it means cover your mouth, cover your upper lip. And you shall call out impure, impure, tame, tame. So what does this remind you? Like, if, if, is anybody else getting a Monty Python moment here? When you're, like, I don't know, maybe, no? So when, no, so when you're walking out and you're calling, like, leper, leper, you know, like, walking through the street, it sort of sounds like you're walking down the street saying, impure, impure, stay away from me, stay away from me. And it's, I don't know if to anyone else, it sounds very, incredibly cruel that you have been cast out of the camp, you, you're sick, you're cast out of the camp, and while you're walking out, you're, this, you're standing like this, you've got ripped clothing, it's a bad hair day, and you're covering your lip, and you're going, impure, impure, until you walk like three towns away. Um, if, I don't know, that, if, if that's not a recipe for for self-loathing and shame. Um, I don't know what would be. But I think there's another way to read it too. So next, but let's keep reading here. He shall be impure as long as the disease is on him. Um, being, being impure, he shall dwell apart. Again, the translation doesn't do it justice because it says, Badad yeshev michutz lamachane. And badad boded is, it's, um, it's incredible. It's, it's like the worst kind of loneliness, completely alone. Um, there's a lot of songs about, there's uh, sheer, uh, no, that's, no. So it's, it's, it's utter loneliness. You're sitting completely alone outside of the camp. So what's amazing about, what's amazing about this text is first of all, the rituals of leaving town um, for the Mitsura are all about mourning. It's all about acute mourning. And he or she will sit 
and what is equivalent to Shiva, um, these seven days outside of the camp. And what I noticed this year was that the Mitsura is both the deceased and the mourner, both the mate and the avil. Um, and they are forced to be in exile. When we're mourning, and this, this week we had two shivas in our community, um, and it's, we're surrounded by people. A mourner should be and is surrounded by community and by family. But for the first time, and only in this, this is the only experience in the whole Torah, of someone being in mourning completely alone. And I also, I was talking to somebody last night who said, who had been, um, was talking about Shiva for his father. And he said at the end of Shiva, surrounded by family, that's all he wanted was to be completely alone and everyone to leave him alone. But um, what's fascinating, I mean, I want to, I also want to ask. <laughs> I want to ask the question of the different, like, of when do we need to mourn as in individuals? When do we need to be in community? When is that the way to mourn? When is that the way our grief is able to come out in a way that's held, that's supported, that's nourished by community, but that also has no space to necessarily, um, no, no space of its own, and when do we need to mourn? When, when are we in the place where we need to be absolutely alone? And we, we're actually seeing that the Mitsura is walking down the street, not saying, Tame, Tame, I'm so disgusting, don't talk to me, but it's saying, Tame, Tame, get away from me, because all I need right now is to be absolutely alone and to grieve by myself. I want to, I actually want to ask the question, because our tradition puts us in these places of, you know, intense community. I just want to hear from the community. So what Livia is saying, for anyone who couldn't hear, is that there's a, there's a limit. There's a limit to um, what people can say, the comfort they can bring, what even clergy can say, and that um, sometimes hearing the same thing over and over, we need to be away from that. Robin.
So what Robin, if I'm getting it right, was saying is that when we have something in our body, or I would, if I can add, if our neshama, if our mind, our soul is is somehow something is not right, we're not in a place. We're in a place that is not right, and we actually need to, in some ways, hibernate and be alone. And we're not. It's not something that can be addressed by others. And what's interesting also is like people can't. You know, people from the outside can't see. Um, a lot of these ailments are not thing, are things that people can't. And at the same time, there's the push-pull of like of needing to be of not. We don't want to go to the boded place of being completely alone. Solitude is good, but loneliness and that line. Right. So what what you're pointing out is that the the rabbis, the um, in commentary on on this parsha, speak of of uh, tzara'at as not just not just a skin affliction. It's caused by a spiritual um, illness of when we're spreading gossip, when we're Hey, um, when um, sh- when <laughs> when we're speaking diber shem ra, when we're speaking ill of other people, um, and we're spreading ill report, we're actually poisoning the air, and then we become our skin becomes poisoned because we put something out and it's coming back to infect our skin. Um, yeah, Neely. Tamei and Tahor, yeah. Tamei and Tumah. Is that instead of being unpure, we're not ready. And so the teaching is like when the body dies, the vessel breaks. And we're closest to God then. And so when we come in contact with that, we are coming in contact with this extreme holiness. And so there's a whole other, it's that it's so holy that rather than being impure in this very Beautiful. Thank you. And I think that's also important. There's no value placed on Tamei Tahor. It's not good, bad. And many, like the Torah, the skin of the Torah is considered Tamei. So you, you know, like there's holy, it's often coming into contact with, with extreme holiness is what I hear you saying. Thank you. Mal. Yeah. So what Mal is saying is there's a, a fine line between loneliness and much-needed solitude. And in terms of the sleep and the morning, you know, you're surrounded by the fact that you know, you think of also the process that you it's important both to be surrounded by family, by comfort, by friends, 
And it's so important also to, to create that space, to have that space of walking outside the camp and being in solitude, being alone and grieving alone. Okay, two more. Uh, Kenny, Carol, and then we'll call it a day. So if I'm understanding you right, it's Kenny saying that if this is, you know, in other cases of Tum'ah, where it's something, we're coming into contact with something from the outside um, that is causing the, the Tum'ah, here where it's being generated, where something inside of us, whether it's a toxicity, if it's, you know, whether it's that we're, we are, we're speaking, our speech is, is causing harm and it's bringing a toxicity into the world, that we need to, in order to, in order to heal that, in order to grieve that and separate from that, we have to be alone in order to reckon with ourselves. Thank you. beautiful. What Carol is saying from some, some text she's looking at this week is that it's, you know, each of us has a sense of out, outsiderness, that we go, to a, we go to a place where we feel completely disconnected from community. And I will say, I don't know if it's particular to Jews, but I do notice that I talk to a lot of people who are like, I come to Romamu and I just, or maybe it's Romamu, I don't know, but it's I, a tendency where like, I feel outside. I'm just not connecting and I and um, each of us has that place that we go to where we feel other, where we are disconnected, where we are away from the tzibur, from the community, and that it's the act of the thread of kind of connecting back to the community and then moving back towards the community from that place of isolation that's so important. And thank you. And I, and I would also add that it's that role of the kohen, of the priest, who is the connector, the bridge builder, the one who says, come back. You know, now it's time to come back. So we can all be koanim and listen to the sound of the drum that brings us back to, to community. Um, so for the, okay, one more. <laughs>
Yes. At the same time, giving a person some sense of autonomy to restore their own self decide what is helpful for them. Because people will press their helpfulness on them. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah, I really appreciate that. And I think that um, could everyone hear Renee? No. So what Renee is saying that we also the community has to be able to gauge itself, individuals within the community of, you know, reaching out both, you know, reaching out within with us within reason and getting a sense of what is too much. That community can be overwhelming, and that na navigating that line. Um, when a person is, you know, not wanting to be, obviously be in the desolation, um, but also just not imposing ourselves on other people that really may need space. And I, and I really hear that also, that I feel like that's a work, the work in the, the Chesed Committee that we negotiate a lot and with the clergy of reaching out. And also some people are like, oh, hell, please no. Like, just leave me alone. And there are people who are like, why didn't anyone call me? And, and it's like, how do you gauge and help empower the person who is in a place of, of healing or mourning in, in whatever capacity to empower them to and to listen to what they need? And we're listeners, like as a community, to what this person needs to come back. So... Only because you haven't spoken yet. Yes. Okay. Oh, good. Great. Give it. The balance. Hmm. <laughs> so I want to invite up for the first Aliyah. Um, two kavanot. One is for those of us who are in a form of grief, in a space of grief or mourning, whether it's for a part of ourselves, as is the case with the Mitzora, um, or if and or if it's in a place of grieving for a loved one. And I want to invite up those who to give chizuk to be able to see where, when it's time for community and to be held and when it's time to be grieving alone and the chizuk also to be able that to express that um, lovingly to the community that's one two I want to invite up all of those in the community who want the discernment to be able to and the ability to listen to where those in our community who are grieving who are in pain and in need of healing to listen to what they need, to listen to how much to bring of ourselves in that moment as to give and how much to be there listening. And so much of that is also in our laws of, of mourning, where we show up in a house of mourning and we don't walk in and say, hey, hey, hey. We walk into a house of mourning and we pay very close attention to signs from the one who is mourning, to the Avel who will tell us and will give us the signs 
of approach or I'm really happy you're here, thank you. Um, and that's, so I want to invite up, those are my kava note, yalla. <laughs> I, 